I will say that I was very excited from the opportunity from day one, but man, was I scared. You know, I was leaving the comfort. I was leaving the comfort of people that I had worked with for literally over 20 years. You ever have that student or their parent who responds to a late notice and says, sorry, we're late, but I don't get paid until next week. So I'll just pay the late fee. Or the one that we all get in student housing, my financial aid check has not been distributed yet. Sure, we can work out an agreement, maybe even waive a late fee, but that doesn't solve your problem of collecting the rent at the first of the month. Wouldn't you like to offer your residents an option that is cheaper than paying a late fee, keeps late payments off of their ledger, and pays you the rent immediately? That's what you get when you offer your residents Kira's flexible rent payment option. Listen, there are a lot of companies that have come out of the woodwork in the past couple of years that provide landlords and their residents this service. It's one of the highest requested services from renters, but not all of these flexible rent services are equal. Many require your residents to pay a monthly subscription fee to even have the option available to them. Many will only cover rent for renters who enrolled in the program prior to the first of the month and carrying a zero balance. Between utility chargebacks that happen during the middle of the month and financial aid agreements, those companies don't provide a complete solution to your residents. Kira does. I've worked with Kira this past summer to create a flexible payment service that makes sense for student residents and their parents. There are no monthly subscription fees, and as long as a resident only owes the current month's rent, even if they're already late, they can create a plan that works for their schedule and pays the landlord almost immediately. To find out more, go to studenthousinginsight.com forward slash Kira. That's studenthousinginsight.com forward slash Q-I-R-A. You can also find a direct link in our show notes. Welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we are putting you in touch with the people who bring student housing to life. I'm your host, Wesley Dees, and thank you so much for listening and supporting everything we are doing here at Student Housing Insight. It means the world to me when someone comes up to me at a conference or I meet someone at a leasing office and they tell me, hey, I've heard the podcast and you know how much value it created for them. That truly means a lot. Thank you so much for that. I also wanted to mention a couple of other student housing podcasts in case you were looking for even more content and you haven't found these guys yet. So if you're looking for more on campus and P3 type of content, I highly recommend Capstone on Campus Management and their Student Housing Matters podcast. This was the first student housing podcast that I ever came across, and they've had several hosts over the years. But Brittany Oliver, who heads up COCM's marketing team, recently took the helm with hosting, and she is just breathing new life into that podcast. So go check it out. There's some great content there. For those of you who are heavy on operations and facilities, you'll want to catch Easy Turns Prop Ops podcast by Lincoln Ogata and Corey James. Lincoln has been on this podcast several times, and he's also served as a co-host for us on all topics related to maintenance, as that is his background. And he's got some incredible insight, and he just provides a lot of student housing humor, quite honestly, that only those of us that have worked on site will even understand. And last but not least, it's a new podcast that's called, quite simply, the Student Housing Marketing Podcast. It's hosted by Matt Pavlik at Grow Marketing. I know a lot of you guys know Matt based in Tuscaloosa. He launched it back in September and is doing just a fantastic job. I just got finished listening to an interview he had with their VP of Operations, Justin Whitmire. I hope I'm not murdering your last name there, Justin. They were just updating everyone on some new changes coming with YouTube Shorts just in a few months, and you just want to make sure that you're listening to that podcast and getting caught up to date on what they're doing over at Grow Marketing. Also, every single person I just mentioned, including myself, will be at LeaseCon TurnCon this coming December in Charlotte. I'm stoked about this event every year, but especially excited for it this year as it will be in my backyard. 
So people ask me all the time, Wes, what conference should I make sure that I attend? This is the event that I tell everyone from the site level to the regional and the site support positions, you need to be at this event. And if you are an executive or an industry veteran like myself, you need to take an active part in participating in this event. Reach out to the folks at France Media and Interface Conference Group and let them know that you want to take a part in this and sit on a panel or sit on a roundtable. It's just a great, great venue for you to be able to you know, share what you've learned in the industry. But we talk about the current things that are impacting property operations and how we can solve problems and become better housing providers to students. You also get really good insight into what is working with leasing and marketing and what's not. So make plans to be at LeaseCon TurnCon December 6th and 7th. I'll post a link in the show notes. And you can also find out more info at our website, actually, as with all industry conferences, we post them there at studenthousinginsight.com. All right. So at the beginning of this year, we started something I nicknamed our profile series. It's basically me having an interview with another industry veteran. We had interviews with folks like Julie Bonin, Miles Orth. I interviewed Mike Moran back in May when he was being honored with a Lifetime Achievement Award. It's been a lot of fun, and you really learn a lot about the evolution of this industry and how so many of today's student housing companies, how they started. So we took a bit of a hiatus with this particular series over the summer because, you know, it's that four-letter word, turn. But now we're getting back on track starting today, and I can't wait for you to hear this interview. It's with Heather Sizemore at RPM Living. She is their Senior VP of Operations and leads the Student Housing Division. RPM is a new name to the student housing industry, but Heather and her team bring an enormous amount of student housing experience. Heather is someone I have a deep amount of respect for just because she's done it all. On campus, off campus, res life, new dev, old dev. (laughs) And for those of us in the industry, you'll know what I mean by that. Marketing, leasing, building P3 relationships. She has literally touched every side of student housing operations. How she has done it and not ended up with a head full of gray hair is just beyond me. But all the professional stuff aside, she's just an incredibly good person and an awesome leader. So with that being said, let's get to the interview with Heather Sizemore. Heather, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Wes. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this. I've known your name for a long time, and I think it was probably three or four years ago. I think we finally met at a conference and... I've got to tell you, ever since then, I've just been a fan of everything that you're doing and your career, and it's been fantastic to get to know you over the past few years, and I'm excited about our audience learning more about you as well. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it was nice to finally get to meet in person. We know so many people through the industry and follow each other, but a lot of times don't ever have an opportunity to interact and really get to know each other. So that has been nice. And um, I love what you're doing for us and with us in the industry. So thank you. Well, let's just start with the origin story. What's the Heather Sizemore story and how it intersected with student housing? How much time do we have? It's a long one. No, I'm kidding. As long as you want. (laughs) Um, So I have a story similar to a lot of others that have been in the industry for a while. Back in the late 1900s, as my children would say, I went to college at University of Central Florida and lived on campus my first year, saw what it meant to be an RA, and I thought that was really cool. So I applied and I got the job. And I let me tell you, I took being an RA very seriously. I mean... (laughs) So I just got to ask, what did you think was cool about it? (laughs) I have cool RAs, but I'm not sure I would have been a cool RA. (laughs) Oh, I'm not saying I was a cool RA. I probably was the antithesis of a cool RA. But, you know, the opportunity to have that convenience, to have the flexibility where your focus is still expected to be on school because your employer is the university, right? right? So it's not working in retail or the food and beverage industry. The university really knows and understands what your priority is and supports that. 
So it does make it convenient to go to school, focus on your classwork and work some minimal number of hours when at the time we got to live for free. And how great yeah, was that? You know, <laughs> back in the good old days, those days are gone. Those days are gone, but it was great. And I absolutely loved it. So I ended up graduating and didn't want that train ride to end. So I was a graduate assistant and I stuck with the housing department. And that was the year that University of Central Florida decided to have an affiliation. They did a P3, one of the first ones, mm-hmm. again, literally 22 years ago, I think at this point, 20 years ago, with two of the off-campus properties in Orlando. And I was lucky enough um, in hindsight. So it is, it's the old night circle. Yeah. Yeah. We renamed it at some point to Pegasus Landing and Pegasus Point. For everybody that knows the Orlando markets, those were enormous properties. Pegasus Landing was over 2,500 beds and Pegasus Point's over 1,200 beds, which I'll come back to. But that was so valuable to start my career not knowing that I was learning in such a large environment. What was your major in? Well, I thought I wanted to be a doctor, Wes. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And so I quickly decided that I didn't really like studying that much. And that probably wasn't the route for me. Probably not. I'd like my doctors to study. (laughs) I got an undergraduate degree in liberal studies because I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And when I graduated, I thought, oh, geez, what am I going to do with this degree? Not much. And so I decided to stay in school, hence the grad school route. And I ended up getting an MBA, which is great and generic and very helpful in a lot of things. Yeah. So yeah, so I started and the housing department assigned me to one of these off-campus communities. And so I was there as a graduate assistant. We had a program set up. It was it mirrored the residence life program. You had a resident director, you had an, you had graduate assistants, you had RAs. Great. So I did that for a year. And um, at the time, the university, our residence life department, we worked hand in hand with the private property management company who at the time overseeing those two assets was College Park Communities, which we oh, all yeah, know, okay. obviously, the old, GMH. the old GMH, which ended up going and becoming part of the enormous ACC. So I, I had the opportunity to interact with private folks working in the industry. And I was sitting in meetings with a week, every single week with a guy, some, you know, most people's probably heard of a guy named Miles Orth. (laughs) Yeah. He's been on here a time or two before. I mean, you know, so, uh, so I got to know Miles and really what happened is after the first year, the university decided to pull the residence life program and the management company was committed to still providing those services as part of the agreement. So Miles says, well, why don't you come work with us. You've already been doing it. Just come work for for this. And so that's really, that's when I made my transition from the public sector to the private sector. And at that point, I like to say the rest is history because that's literally just been my career from that point on. But it really was Miles who got me in the industry. I was still in grad school. So I worked full-time. I went to school full-time. I ended up graduating and I just felt like I already had a career in place. And so one thing led to another, and I've just had a ton of different positions operating on campus and off-campus student housing over the years. I worked with a lot of great companies. And so I made my way. I started, once I got off of the residence life bandwagon, I went into the marketing realm and focused on making sure we were driving traffic into the properties. I became a regional leasing specialist at one point and had I don't know, I think 19 properties in my portfolio I was responsible for getting leased up. Wow. And after that, I needed a break. I was on the the verge of burnout. So I left College Park with no plan, no job, just left and took a break for about six months and decided that I missed it and that I was good at it. And I thought I wanted to get back into it. And yeah. about that time, Miles called. And at that point, he had, this was after... Everything happened with ACC and GMH and whatnot. He was at Campus Apartments and he called to say, hey, we're acquiring a portfolio. There's properties in Orlando. Are you interested? And I didn't hesitate. I said yes. And it's yeah. been uh, it's been a, a wild ride since then. So Campus Apartments. Mm-hmm. And I think from there... Is that Michael's work after that? or? Yeah, I was at Campus Apartments for a little while. I started there as a regional manager and did a few different roles, which was fun. I like everything having to do with operations and management. So I got to have my hands in some of the residence life, some of the due diligence and transitions work that we were doing. But I did eventually make a way over to Michael's, who 
Campus Apartments was managing the portfolio. So I had this relationship and also, oh, okay. a, and also a guy that most people that have been in this a while knows, Joe Coyle, who was at campus, uh, excuse me, at, at College Park as the president. Yeah. So I had a relationship with him and they decided to bring their management in-house. So he called me up and said, hey, why don't you come work for us and manage our own properties? And I did. And that was really a pivotal moment in my career because they're a very large company on the affordable side and military housing. Yeah. So they had all of the corporate infrastructure in place. They had, right. you know, enormous IT and HR and accounting and all and all these various support services. They just didn't have a team that knew how to manage and operate the day-to-day for student housing. So I came over and joined and literally had to set everything up from scratch from the beginning. Decide what services we were going to use, who were going to be our vendor partners. And it was the hardest I've ever worked in my life, especially... The, did you get to write the operating manual? I did. We, we, I got to make... Uh, Isn't a very, that the funnest? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun when it's in my head. It's not so fun when I have to put pen to paper and you know not, not miss any of the steps. I don't know if it happened for you where you were able to do that before everything transitioned onto your plate. But otherwise, it's if you're managing properties while you're creating this operating plan, it's literally like changing a battery as you're going down the interstate at 75 miles an hour. It is. And we and unfortunately, we didn't have that luxury. We only had, I don't know, it was like 60 days from the time we started till we transitioned and brought everything in-house. And so it was literally only enough time to get our PMS set up to get the Mm -hmm. basic mechanics working so that we could transition the properties from campus permits to Michael's. And it was a roller coaster. So unfortunately, no, we didn't have that luxury of having it all nicely, neatly bundled, ready to go on day one. Uh, But we had an incredible team of people. And because we had already been managing the sites under campus apartments, myself, Barry Nichols came over as our VP of leasing and marketing. We brought over the regional managers from campus apartments who oversaw the portfolio. So we, we already had this familiarity of the properties, of the markets, of the client who's now ourselves, you know? And so had it not been for all of those factors, I definitely don't think we could have been as successful as we were. It was wild and intense and very fun, made a lot of mistakes along the way and learned more than I ever could have imagined in the process. Obviously there's this DNA from College Park. Miles was very instrumental. Mm -hmm. And then of course that transitioned over to campus apartments. And then there's this reunion of sorts with Joe and Michael's org. And I'm just kind of interested, were there things that you set out to say, Hey, we've done this in the past this way. It's in our DNA. But here we are 10 years later or whatever it is. Let's think about this a little bit differently. Was there any any of that happening or? There definitely wasn't at the time. This is when Entrada was really starting to become, I don't want to say commonplace, but really making a name for itself with the student housing folks getting away from the MRIs or the Yardies or whatever else they'd been on. And we at Campus Apartments had just gone through a very lengthy process of evaluating if it made sense to make that change for us. So Mm -hmm. I had the benefit of already having sat through with a lot of smart people heading up different departments to have the discussions of pros and cons. And I think that's, to me, your that's your baseline, right? Like that sets the tone of who you're going to be as a management company and and how you're going to operate, whether you're going to have 20 different vendor solutions and third-party integrations or you're, you know, how streamlined you want to be. It was nice having the ability to pause and to reevaluate instead of becoming, well, that's just the way we've always done it. And there was a very deliberate, intentional forcing ourselves to stop and pause because it's very easy, especially when it's comfortable. It's very easy to say, well, that's, that's the way we've always done it. So yeah, I don't, I mean, honestly, I don't recall one particular thing that necessarily stuck out that I personally knew that I, we wanted to pivot on, but so much of what student housing is, and I still believe this today, that's true. It is the basics. The people who execute, the teams that execute the basics, the best are the ones that are successful. Now, over the last 20 some odd years, We've had a lot of technology that's come to the marketplace that allows us to do those basics more efficiently, but 
doing those things that help us lease beds, help us collect rents, help us have great customer service. Ultimately, that's what it all boils down to. And anything beyond that is just muddying the waters, in my opinion. Yeah. So you mentioned Entrada. And yeah, I think that was a big shift, you know, in the industry because all of the other, you know, I'll just say it, archaic systems that were out there, they were not evolving as fast as what I felt like our students, our residents were. And I think that was definitely a big shift. But you mentioned other prop tech. I just wondering, give a shout out to to some of the folks, (laughs) some of the groups out there that you think are, are making that kind of impact. You know, I think there's a lot that uh, within any specific solution that are good. And I think that it is in everyone's benefit to do their own due diligence because there are different circumstances that might make one provider a better solution in a particular situation over another. I think some of the ones that were at least the pioneers for their solutions um, Mm -hmm. have done well and at least opened the doors and paved the path to competition, which forces everybody to do better and be better and and up their level of service. RoomSync was one of the first ones coming out, taking the old paper and pen method. And, oh my God, I can't tell you how many hours I spent in the conference room with papers strewn across the floor. You remember it being RoomBug though? It was Roombug, yes. Like the little ladybug looking thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've had Rob on before with yeah. some other things. And it's, uh, yeah, it's always interesting to, to throw out. You know how old you are <laughs> when you throw out Roombug and you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Well, I will say, you know, when the Facebook came out and I was mad that I couldn't get on because I didn't have a college email address. You know, I, I had slight FOMO about that as well. We all did. You know, so solving that age old, I mean, I don't care. There's still issues today with with, uh, roommate issues and student housing. And I think there always will be to some extent, although definitely gotten better. It's a lot easier to put the onus back on the resident when they're the one that chose their own roommates. And obviously the demographic is evolving. Our world is evolving, not limiting roommate matching to two conforming gender identities of male and female. There's a lot of different factors that have come into play and finding solutions that work for your company and your property is important for all those reasons. Clearly, Amazon, i.e. package lockers. Oh, wow. I mean, we used to, Craig at Postal Solutions, I mean, I've known him since he started the company. That big property out in Orlando was one of his first clients, and it was fantastic. We actually had a mail. He was a UF or is a UF alum as well. So Craig is from Gainesville. Yep, and we had a huge mail fraud incident, and we had an employee that went to prison over it. Oh wow! And we're like, yeah, no thanks, Craig. Craig (laughs) can hire people to come do the mail for us for these twenty five hundred residents, and I'm so proud of what he has brought to our industry, not only in the mail front, but again, evolving into the package industry. And he was the first person I called, you know, when these private locker solutions started coming out and we got to the point where we wanted to possibly go that route. It's what he knows. And I believe in trusting the experts in their niche. And I picked up the phone and I called Craig. I'm like, Craig, who would you use and why? And he said, funny, you should ask. I'm about to go into partnership with a locker company. The Luxor group I've worked with in the past and with also great success. I think they do wonderful things. There's so many great vendor partners in our industry. My definite suggestion is to do your research, have the conversations, and most importantly for our niche is make sure, especially if you're if you're with an organization that does both multifamily and student, just make sure you do your due diligence because there are some fantastic vendors on the multi side that if they don't have the experience on the student and it doesn't it's not always a direct translation, it could cause some hiccups for you. Yeah. Thinking about those two that you just mentioned, what's really crazy, I, I don't know if Craig, did he ever actually work in the industry? I'm not positive that he did. He might have in college, maybe. Yeah, he wasn't too far removed from college yeah. when he started the company, maybe even still been in college. And of course, RoomSync uh-huh. was Rob's, uh, he started that while yep. he was in college. And um, it's been amazing to see. And I think that if it's somebody that's actually working within the industry, you know, as a part-time leasing agent or whatever, it's amazing to see how many companies have started out of student housing that are just, you know, they're just providing solutions to the industry. And there's John starting Modern Message, right? You know, here we are, here we are. We've got a safe in the office and we've got thousands, tens of thousands at some point of the year of gift cards that we're trying to manually track 
on a paper Excel spreadsheet and have people sign out. I mean, you talk about liability and headaches. Yeah. And here, you know, John comes along with Modern Message and now we've got e-gift cards and, you know, what he's been able to do with his company and going under the, the real page umbrella, super happy for him. There's so many examples of just really smart people trying to solve a trying problem. to solve a problem and they've done super yeah. well for it. Yeah. So uh, that gets us through Michael's mm -hmm. catch us up what's happening over the next, what, three, four years. Yeah. So I was at Michael's and I was focused on P3s. I was removed from the day-to-day -day operations. I got a great amount of experience in seeing the deal process work for all the way from an RFP response to delivering a finished building. And that experience and knowledge that I gained was tremendously valuable, but it wasn't wasn't really what I was passionate about. I really missed the operations and just managing the day-to-day. -day. And so I received a call from somebody at, uh, actually it was a recruiter, also a well-known recru recruiter in our industry that a lot of people hear from. And he's, he said, you know, I've got this thing. Somebody's looking for to run their student housing portfolio. And it was Campus First, who honestly, I'd never heard of at that point. Yeah. And, you know, it was uh, just a small little portfolio that, of the student properties from CF Real Estate Services based in Atlanta. And they not had amazing success. And they really wanted somebody with a history on students specifically to come in and really make sure that everything was running on all cylinders. And I will say that I was very excited from the opportunity from day one. But man, was I scared. You know, I was leaving the comfort. I was leaving the comfort of people that I had worked with for literally over 20 years. Yeah. It wasn't so much as a crutch, but Barry and I had a great relationship. We could finish each other's sentences. And when you work so closely and so well with somebody, and she wasn't the only one, there were, there were many others, but you just have this comfort level. And I, it's family. it is, family it was really is. truly family. And to go work with an organization where I did not know a single person, wow. it wasn't even going to work with a student housing comp who I've known, oh, I worked with that manager before, or I've worked yeah. with that regional before. I didn't know a single person and it was the most terrifying and also the most exciting thought yeah. to almost have a completely blank slate to work with. And I took the leap of faith, loved the people that I was joining. I mean, just absolutely loved them from day one. And a few months later, so we're going to be merging with the new company. It's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? You told me that when you interviewed me. <laughs> I've been here three months and we're merging. So yeah, obviously anyone's reaction, my first, knowing that it was at the time Roscoe, now re we've rebranded to RPM Living. First thing you do is you go do research on the company and they have no student. And they're a pretty sizable multifamily company. So my immediate worry was, well, what does that mean for me? What does it mean for our team and our portfolio? Are they just going to sell us off and be done and focus? So after a lot of conversations... That was not their intention. We want to grow the student housing is what I was told. And so I stuck around and here we are through the merger. Things have settled down and I'm so glad <laughs> to be in the position that we're in today. We got through the merger. We're officially RPM Living and Roscoe had other mergers and acquisitions that had happened right before CF. So they had an okay. enormous growth. They had Pace, an affordable company, another multifamily company based in students. So the organization just basically blew up overnight and went from a really Texas-based company to a national one with all of these properties coming on in, in other parts of the country. So it's been a very exciting, I don't know what we're at now, two years, something like that. And so where we're at today is really focused on growing as a company and growing specifically our student portfolio as well. Yeah, you guys have made some pretty strategic hires over, I would say, probably the past six months, maybe. I won't go into to naming names. <laughs> I'll, thing, I'll name but. names later. Yeah, I mean, you're welcome to. Uh, I didn't get anybody's permission, so <laughs> I'll bring those up, but... Yeah, it's it's amazing to see that team come together and full transparency. I'm not only an admirer, but I'm also a client when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to RPM because we've got a I should say we've got a mutual client. Yeah. And got to know you guys over the past few months pretty closely and the energy, the excitement, and you've got a group that's that fresh, that new to everybody. You're kind of wondering 
you know, how the pieces are going to come together. Because like you said, you and Barry could finish each other's sentences, right? And you wonder how that's going to translate to to this new venture that you guys are doing. And to me, it seems like you've known a lot of these folks for for years. I mean, I don't know if it's just because you guys speak the same. We all speak the same language Mm -hmm. when it comes to student housing. But I really, really love the atmosphere that you guys are creating and just the tenacity that you guys are approaching with everything. I've done the startup thing, right? With with student housing. Been at that level where you've got eight, nine, 10, 12 properties and you're just like, I need 10 more before I can mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, hire these three strategic people that I need. And the great thing with you know what I've experienced with RPM is you guys have that backbone that's built on the conventional side. And then you've got this boutique student housing firm within that, you know, that you're working with that really brings the kind of intimate nature that you want to have with a student housing group, because we're still trying to figure it out. There's, <laughs> there's owners and investors that are been in the game for 10 years and they're still trying to figure things out. And so it's great working with you guys and, and seeing that type of backbone along with that feeling of, hey, this is new. We haven't figured it all out, but we're fresh eyes and we're going to approach this like the professionals that we are. So that's been fantastic. So RPM is based in Austin, Texas, which I think it <laughs> may be the only Austin-based firm that we've had on here that's, that's not solely student housing. Give me just a little bit of background of what you guys have got on the horizon in the next couple of years or so for that specific division and maybe the company as a whole. Yeah. So like I said, it's growth. Growth is in our mind. We came out this year at number seven on the NMHC list of, of managers, and that's a number we're super proud of and definitely want to keep inching our way up closer to that number one spot. Now, that number one's a big number, so we'll see how long. Um, yeah. But you know, to your point about the backbone, I think not I think I know from my personal experience in other organizations that I, I've either A, worked worked for or B, have close friends that I've worked with, you know, one thing that RPM is willing to do that not everyone is, is invest in the people up front. Meaning, to your point, I have a phenomenal student housing team and we could not do what we've done in the short amount of time without them. But we've been given the resources to have an overstaffed team for the amount of properties that we have. And so just to put it in context for everyone listening, we're at nine properties today. We have myself, two regional managers, a national <laughs> leasing specialist, a national operations specialist, a marketing manager, and those people are only dedicated to the nine student properties that we have today. And going back to you know when you were a regional marketing and leasing person and had 19 <laughs> properties, right? I mean, you got to be feeling pretty jealous. <laughs> I'm feeling very jealous. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to keep that exact proportionate ratio as we grow. But the point is, we don't want to be chasing our tails whenever another opportunity falls in our lap. So if we have another management deal come on, if it's, hey, we're buying a portfolio of five properties, we want to have the bandwidth to not only take over those properties and be successful, but to also continue to provide support and have our existing communities not suffer for the sake of growth. Yeah. And I'm really proud of that fact that they're willing to spend the money to do it, in my opinion, the right way. So definitely, again, for a student and for conventional, growth is on the horizon. We have support teams and people at RPM that I've never had at or- other organizations. Um, you know, within each department, a sub-department within sub-department from the HR team, we have a separate payroll team, a recruiting team, a training and development team. We have a performance manager. We've got a BI and analytics team that are constantly evaluating our data and helping us look at our KPIs. We have a transitions and due diligence team that's doing all the work that the operators are used to doing leading up to transition day. Uh, We have people that are dedicated to nothing but utilities on those transitions. So the level of support that RPM is committing on the backend infrastructure to make sure that the onsite teams and the regional operations and support team members can truly focus on what it means to operate and manage and support the communities has been phenomenal. 
And that's really one of the major differences that I've experienced being with this organization. I'm curious to go back and there is kind of a connection between my career and RPM today, because before it was campus first, it was CF lane before it was CF lane. It was the lane company, Mm -hmm. which I was a regional manager looking over, you know, seven properties within their student portfolio at the time. And in a world of people who didn't know anything other than conventional, affordable, trying to get folks to understand the cycle with student housing and why accounting needed to be this way or that way. You know, why I needed AP folks to get checks out every week during term. Yes. (laughs) And those type of things. I'm just curious how... And I'm not looking to point out issues or anything, but what's been kind of the biggest thing to overcome with that as you've gone into this position? It's fair. And it's something that most of our departments, it's been a learning curve for them. Now, the cool thing is once we became merged and integrated and we're having more of these conversations and we've gotten past the, let's get your employee number correct, you know, all that administrative stuff, and we can really get into operating and being one as a company, every single person I've interacted with, they're enthusiasm for student has been exceptional. They're like, we don't know anything about it, but we're super excited. We want to learn. We want you and your team to teach us. So the welcoming has been unbelievable. Everybody's very excited. And I think they're just looking at it as another opportunity to expand their own knowledge, their own horizons, their own set of skills, which is great. Instead of, it could have very well gone the other way and been shunned, but of not been giving the resources. Because when you look at the total number of units managed by RPM versus how many we have on the student side, I mean, we're a sliver, a sliver of the company, but it doesn't feel that way in any regard. What we've done right and well is for the really integral, hands-on key positions We've hired folks that have experience in students. And what I mean by that is the controller that oversees our properties has worked in student housing before, has worked on our software before. We hired our own in-house Entrada specialist to help us with transitions and to help us with setup. It was your group that introduced Entrada to RPM, right? It was. So we've made sure to make key corporate hires that had the skill sets we needed for the things that, you know, I've never been a controller. My idea of accounting is balancing a checkbook. That's not real accounting, you know? So I can't teach them those things. I can explain why the timing on certain things happen. So knowing what positions needed that experience in the student sector, recognizing that and hiring as such was a key point. And they did really well with that. What did you do to sell that? You've got a group that's on 100,000 units or so Mm -hmm. on the conventional side, and everything is on a specific property management system, Mm -hmm. and you want to bring this in. I mean, was that something that was a big sell, or was it just something you're like, guys, if we're going to compete, we've got to have this? I talked about it during my interview process, Wes. (laughs) (laughs) It was one of the first questions I asked, and when I got the answer, I said, well, I'm just telling you that's not going to work out for the long term. (laughs) I was very clear from the beginning how strongly I felt about it. One, to be successful for the portfolio we had at the time. And two, so much of those conversations was focused on growth. And certainly I expressed my concern for being able to operate the current assets well, but especially to grow. And the the thought of having a property on Intrada and us taking over management and moving them to something else that, in my opinion, is not as good as Entrada for a for student. I mean, it made me cringe. It made me sick to my stomach. Uh, we literally did that a few times until <laughs> we got Entrada in place. So it was really a matter of explaining. It was a matter of showing them the differences. And, and it wasn't, I'm not going to say it was an easy sell. I think conceptually, they're like, yeah, that makes sense. But we all know that that's one, a huge financial cost. Yeah. We know that it's an extraordinary amount of time to make those transitions. It's not just the operations team that are affected. You now have all these corporate people, the accounting team that have to now learn a new system to go in and do their jobs in. So we couldn't make that decision within a silo and the timing because of the merger coming shortly after joining the company, we had to look at the bigger picture. And at that point, getting through and successfully merging two companies, making sure people got paid every two weeks when they were supposed to, making sure that our benefits were working and all these really important things when it comes to to migrating two companies together, they took precedent. 
And yeah. I understood that the team understood that. So we were patient and we were able to have those really tough conversations after those exercises happened. And luckily we got what we needed and here we awesome. are today. Yeah. Well, and just to be clear, I don't take any money from any property management system for sponsorship or anything else, mainly because I'm probably one of their biggest critics. And I want to make sure that on this podcast, we're able to to talk the truth about the technology. And if there's something that needs to be fixed, we're going to call them out on it because it would be better as well. So just want to give that disclosure. So let's kind of talk industry wide because you've got you know, a great bit of experience behind you. And I think, you know, as I've reached and surpassed that 20 year mark in the industry, I tend to tend to look at things a little bit different and, and think about things that are coming down the road and, and what challenges there may be for student housing. One of the biggest things I'm thinking about right now is the population decline of our demographic and what that's going to end up looking like. What are some of the biggest challenges you see right now? as it comes to the industry, what we're facing. Certainly to piggyback on what you just said, you know, supply and demand, the pre-leasing in some of these markets already this year is mind blowing. Last year was fantastic on lease up. And then how, how the market, how the students have shifted and actually taken, taken that seriously to start making decisions earlier. I mean, I'm sure everybody's seen the articles about students sleeping on the streets and the sidewalks in, in Knoxville, yeah. right? You know, and yeah. Tallahassee's pre-leasing is through the roof. There's a handful of properties in Gainesville that are just wildly pre-leased compared to where they have been historically for this time of year. And there's a lot of new development <laughs> opening in Gainesville yeah. in 23 as well. So the shift of the constant supply and demand and the riding the waves of the markets from year to year and two or three good years and, you know, an off year because enrollment drops for something COVID-esque that we can't even fathom coming in the future or the increase of new supply in the market. That's what's going to keep our industry interesting. I don't think we're ever going to have the comfort level of getting complacent because let me tell you, Gainesville was not a fun market to be in 10, 12 oh. years ago, right? And now it's super strong. And, and we're just the constant monitoring and evolution and figuring out those things. I think people are always going to be a challenge. The people at the properties are what makes or breaks us. They're the ones living and breathing and executing what our expectations are every single day. And no matter how well you train somebody, they have to have the initiative to execute it and come to work and just knock it out of the park every day. And it's interesting to me because you have this, this huge shift you know, from one extreme to the other. You can have some of these tertiary markets where there's not very much, if any, purpose-built student housing. So where are you drawing people from when you need to hire a manager with experience? Convincing yeah. somebody to move from a tier one school to a tier three market is usually a tough conversation to have, yeah. right? And then you have the other end of the spectrum. You have a ton of purpose-built product in the market. You have a lot of experienced people and you're competing and salaries are getting a little escalated, oh, you know, in, in <laughs> yeah. some of these markets because they're leaving for an additional four or $5,000 a year in salary and you're back and forth ping-ponging and trying to outbid one another. And obviously the whole country on qualified maintenance techs, you know, the teams that's going to service the customer. So to show that they're appreciated, to show them career paths, because there's a lot of options out there for somebody who's not happy in their, in their job. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that, you know, that's, that's something with, you know, starting a new, you know, a new division or a new student housing company is what are you going to do to recruit new talent? Because they may be looking at that general manager position as a stepping stone. And if you're that small, you may only engage with that person for a couple of years, and then they're going to be looking on to something else. And that's kind of the perfect thing when I think about RPM is looking at the growth opportunities beyond just um, what's happening on the student housing side, I think is a unique thing to be able to offer. So most of our audience, the majority of it are site level managers, mm -hmm. mid-level, regional, portfolio level managers. And I think going back to what we were just talking about with growth, I think, I guess the question I'm trying to ask is talking to those audience members, what kind of advice would you give them as they're, I think most people in that position or those positions have probably been in student housing five, eight, maybe 10 years. 
and <laughs> they're probably, you know, it's probably right out of college for them, mm-hmm. just like it was for you and I. And they're now saying, okay, is this going to be a longer career than just, you know, something out of college? What kind of advice do you have for them on making that decision and pursuing their career going forward? I would say that this industry is full of opportunity. So even if being a manager at the site level is some, Hey, there are plenty of people that that's all they want to do and they are killer at their job and that's great. That's awesome. Love it. I've got to ask this question. (laughs) Do you ever have thoughts or desires of just going back on site? Every day. No, every day. No, (laughs) same thing with me. Same thing. (laughs) That's a lot. Not every day. I do like my flexibility, but yes, yes. I do miss some of my old jobs in the past and just having different levels of, and types of responsibility. Sometimes I wish I just bagged groceries at the grocery store. Cause I think, <laughs> I just think it'd be fun to hear the beep all day. But I think that number one, knowing that there's a lot of opportunities. So especially if you have tenure, if you have experience, you've been doing this five, 10, eight, 10 years, you may find yourself in a position where you feel like you need something new and exciting. Explore those explore. If you have, corporate positions that give you a different taste in on-site operations, because there's certainly a need for a lot of those as well. I think there's so much upward mobility in our industry, whether you're staying with your company or moving on to another one, that you can continue to grow and challenge yourself um, and escalate your career you know, as much as you want to. And that's a, that's a personal choice. In order to do that, I think there's a couple key things that are always going to be relevant. Number one, educate yourself. A college degree is one thing. It is not the most important thing in our industry as far as I'm concerned. The experience far outweighs a college degree. Industry designations, certifications are extremely helpful, whether you're getting them through NAA or IRAM. Find something that works for you, that what you think fits your path. If you're not sure, talk to somebody, find a mentor, talk to your regional, your supervisor, send me a message on LinkedIn. I get those calls and messages all the time. I'm I'm happy to give advice. So just continue to educate yourself and arm yourself with the knowledge uh, of where you're trying to get to. Participate in the apartment associations in the industry, however you can. Part of that is networking. And again, part of it's just knowledge. Staying on top of trends and knowing what's going on in your market is critically important to anyone's success. And then there's two more real quick. Number one, be a problem solver. Find solutions. If you want to stand out in your company, solve a problem and let people know about it. Yeah. And finally, I've said this many times before and I'll continue to say it. Know your worth. Find a supervisor, a company, an organization that appreciates you and knows what you bring to the table because there is so much value in that beyond what you're getting in your paycheck. And I think especially early in our careers, we are focused on money and changing for some small increase perhaps when that might not be the best for your long-term career path. So I definitely encourage anybody thinking about making a change, make sure you've had those conversations with your supervisor. Make sure that they know what your goals are and how you're trying to get there. And if they can, in fact, provide a path for you before you just up and go, because trust me, the grass is not always greener on the other side. Every property company organization, we're all dealing with challenges. That's never going to change. But loving the people you work with, working with a group and an organization that encourage you and supports you and, and educates you, that's worth a lot and needs to strongly be considered in this day and age of just yeah. job hopping. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. We're getting close to the uh, end of our time here. I appreciate you being so gracious with the time. But last question, we talked a little bit about what's on the horizon for RPM, but mm-hmm. personally, what's on the horizon <laughs> for you? Personally, um, you know, I recently moved into a new house, well, I guess about a year ago, and we've been doing a lot of home reno projects that are about to come to an end. And so I am looking forward to more time with my family. For those of you that know me, I have twin boys that are nine and a half years old and they're into football. And I love spending time with them and and watching them play. And then an eight-year-old daughter and six-year-old son. It's a loud, crazy life in this household. So I'm looking forward to doing fun things with my kids now that they're getting older. We just took them to New York City a couple of weeks ago. Oh wow. And <laughs> so, you know, now they're growing out of the little, little kid phase and they can appreciate and do more. 
And so we're going to have some fun. We're going to just get out and let them experience life. Yeah. Yeah. It's been amazing to, to see your career. And, you know, a lot of the companies that we talked about are not based in Orlando. No. But you've been able to maintain that, be able to stay close to family. And in a lot of ways, I admire that um, just as much about yourself, because I know, you know, we've taught that's yeah. been a that's been a requirement for you as far as for leadership within our industry, seeing you keep that a core value for yourself. I think it says a lot to the folks that that are coming up under underneath you and, and your training and helping them get their sea legs under them. I think it's important that they see that from leadership. So any other wise words? Wise words. Um, have fun. Don't take everything personally. I'm still working on that one, but uh, it's a lot less stressful when you don't take things personally. And you know what? Ask for help. Well, fantastic. Heather, I appreciate it so much. And I'm sure we will see each other soon at another conference or in fact, we've got LeaseCon coming up in Charlotte. Are you going to be able to make it? Uh, I am trying, and I'm trying to get some of my team members there. So I'm hoping so, yeah. Well, fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much for the time, Wes. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Well, guys, that is it for today's podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening and for referring this podcast to your colleagues and your coworkers. Please like and subscribe if you really love it. And hey, if you catch this podcast before November 10th, please register for Shop Talk, which is a monthly webinar we host on behalf of the industry's leadership. We go over legislative and policy updates from NMHC. We dive into the pre-leasing analytics provided by College House. And this month, we're going to have a special segment on employee recruitment and retention, which is such an important topic these days with the great resignation going on. You can get more info and register by going to shoptalk.info. And again, please consider attending LeaseCon TurnCon next month. We'll provide a link for that in the show notes as well. Guys, have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.